0: Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is rewatching
1: the film and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we watched Annihilation from the year 2018. In the year 2018. It was like fucking yesterday. There was a movie called Annihilation, written and directed by Alex Garland.
0: I don't understand.
1: <laughs> you remember huh? like, in the year 2000. Remember from Conan? No? No. Okay. Anyway. I never really watched Conan. I like Conan, but no, I never Conan's really watch good. him. Conan's yeah. good. So, I picked Annihilation for a few reasons. One, this shit is creepy. Mm. It's kind of scary. Mm. And I dig it uh, I, I think when I was re-watching it last night, because the first time I watched it, I felt, I, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I think that's what I was thinking most of the entire movie, and then it got to the end, and I was really like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck did I just watch? What the fuck just happened? And I was watching it with Jim, and Jim was like, was that just one long Tool video at the end? Um, which was kind of funny, because we both like Tool, but, uh, last night, I was just like, Forget the acting, forget the plot, forget the themes. So forget the movie? How it looks, uh, okay, how it feels, sure, how it sounds. Uh-huh. And I had forgotten that this was an Alex Garland film and he also wrote and directed Ex Machina. Have you seen that? Nope. Lindsay. So you are just an Alex Garland virgin. Ben. I
0: suppose so, okay. apparently. Because he I don't also really know the name,
1: so um yeah what else do you do devs on hulu which i guess is an fx show but they've been playing on hulu and um i thought that was an hbo show what am i thinking -uh. of no hulu okay and um it's uh got ron swanson in it i love ron swanson (laughs) um but i started watching devs and i didn't oh he did 28 days later (laughs) he was a writer on it yeah Sure, sure 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 and i think he was on he wrote helped write the the writing of the sunshine sunshine I don't know what The Danny means. Boyle movie, Sunshine, which Danny Boyle also did 28 Days Later. So, I like Danny Boyle. I like Alex Farland. And, um, Devs. I, I started to watch Devs at the beginning of the summer. I didn't really get too far into it, but it is a very interesting show, and I probably need to finish it. Um, but this movie, I think what drew it, drew me to it was not Natalie Portman, because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about Natalie Portman and how I don't like her very much. <laughs> okay. But I liked the, the female cast, mm-hmm. um, and I liked the idea of the film, that, that, that there's something, it's like science fiction, but there's a, some horror elements to it, too. There's some really scary moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think, when I wa- again, when I watched it the first time, I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? But I liked that at the end, that, and I feel like Ex Machina kind of has that same feeling, which you just need to see it, but um i actually think i like this better than ex machina which probably is a take that not a lot of people would maybe agree with because ex machina has got a lot of love Mm -hmm. out in the world um that one has oscar isaacs too
0: i do love some oscar Mm -hmm.
1: isaacs yeah so anyway um that's kind of it i mean i wanted to watch it because i thought you might like it it's i think it's interesting i think it's got some really great um people in it so it would be fun to talk about them um and just talk about what the fuck actually does happen in this movie because I'm curious what you think. Because I do think there's some interesting themes.
0: Yeah, I think it it, it. it. There are some interesting themes. Um, there are some things that I found very interesting. Okay. And there are some things that I was like, "Fuck, that's not how life works. Like, that's not how biology works.
1: What you can't um, refract DNA?
0: No. You can't, and even if you because okay, this is like an alien but shimmer thing, so I science get that.
1: Fiction. But
0: but that's not how genetic mutation works. Genetic mutation that happens quickly, like due to radiation or something, mm-hmm. all that does is actually uh, degrade the cells in some way. It doesn't. You can't mesh cells from one thing with another. That's not how it works. Now, if you want to talk about the refraction. You know, this is it's, science it's not, fiction. It's sure. not
1: mutation. I think they talk about, like, that's, well, our, that's our only kind of, because she starts off in the, the movie talking about... Human the cell. only way right. that this could happen
0: is through mutation, though. That's my point, is the in order for it to occur over time, which would mm-hmm. be more like um, genetic mutation via evolution, it would mm-hmm. be generation, generation, generation. Mm-hmm. For it to happen to an individual as you're going through all of this, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that... Cells would just magically pull in, magically pull in DNA from something else. Now, if you wanted to say that, you know, okay, you're in this prism and it's refracting DNA. So when the two cells come together, it gets confused and DNA gets transferred from one cell to the other, which A, can't happen. But B, even if it could happen, those cells still need to reproduce in a way that wasn't able to occur. Mm Mm-hmm over minutes or hours or days like this was happening. So while it was kind of an interesting idea, the fact that they injected science but in such a really loose way Mm -hmm. um, did make me kind of go like, well, that doesn't – I I guess – if you would have left that as a more supernatural element, I think I would have bought into it more Rather so than, than trying to explain it in a scientific way that doesn't make sense scientifically, if that makes sense.
1: I guess, yeah. So, so I guess we're just going to talk about what the fuck actually is happening yeah. in this movie. We may as well just talk about it. Um, sure. So they, they've they got these, they've got an anthropologist. It's interesting that the group they put together because they're they're all laneys. Why is there,
0: there's like an EMT?
1: (laughs) Why? But you've got an anthropologist and a psychologist and a biologist and then.
0: And the biologist wasn't even supposed to be there. She just randomly showed up and they were like, oh,
1: yes, it does make sense. And a physicist and a paramedic. So they're. um,
0: Which I can only assume because they've sent other people in at this point that they're just running out of options and they're like, I don't know, that woman has a degree in psychology. Let's see if she can make sense of it. The
1: vibe I got from it. Was that Ventress, the Jennifer Jason Leigh character, you find out later on in the movie, has cancer. Mm-hmm. And is uh, probably, like, end stage, like, dying, right? Or maybe not end stage, but, like, can't be fixed. Like, it's gonna kill her. Well,
0: you assume that she believes that at the very yeah. least, because that was the reason she went in. So,
1: it. my vibe was that she put this team of women together, and all of the ones that she had picked had were kind of in that same boat of, like, they're messed up. Like, the one had been cutting herself, the other one lost... Yeah,
0: well, that was the, uh, so so I guess you don't know for sure the background of Oscar Isaac's character Mm -hmm. as to, you know, whether he was put on this mission without wanting to be in it or if he volunteered for it or what. But the the way they talk about it, it. that's the thing, is the way that they talk about it it makes it sound like everybody who's gone in went in knowing it was a suicide mission and being Mm -hmm. okay with that. I mean, she says it at one point, which I I really like that part too. It's not suicide, it's
1: self-destruction. No,
0: no, when when he said, you know, how can you explain how you're the only one who came back? And she said, I needed to. I don't think anybody else needed to.
1: Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. When she's being grilled. Right. With the... Which, that's another question I had. Uh, when you're thinking about how the movie is put together, you're getting snippets up. Of... So, the present day is her having come back out of the shimmer. So, you know she makes it out alive. hmm and so you're just getting the story of what happened through her eyes. And you're also getting snippets of what happened before that. Where she was with her husband and then she had this affair. And then she, he goes off, I guess, because of this affair. He decides. Yeah, that's what I'm, you think, which, at least, right? What a rash. I mean, it just seemed like he found out about it and then he was like, Nope, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. We're done. He broke my heart. Suicide mission.
0: I mean, I guess he felt like he couldn't, I think he probably, it's putting a lot on a character we don't get a whole lot out of. Right, exactly, yeah. But my assumption is that he loved her so much, and when he found out about the affair, he thought, she doesn't love me like I love her, and she never will. What's the point of talking to her about Mm -hmm. this? What's the point of anything?
1: Yeah, and I did, I feel like in the little bit that we see them together when they're happy, I got the vibe of how much they care. Yeah. You know, so I, I thought that that was nice, but um. So they're all going off on this this mission together and I got the vibe that Ventress put this team together and it was just her it was her mission like they had been sending people in and sending people in and I think they were and she it seemed like she was kind of a person in charge maybe a little bit of this outpost. I think she said
0: at one point didn't she say something about
1: how she had
0: to end it she has to be the one to right right. to figure this out so I mean yeah I think she went in thinking this is the last mission that's gonna go and Mm -hmm. we got to get this shit figured out.
1: So, and you made the point of um, Natalie Portman's character, what the fuck was her name? Lena. Lena. Coming out because she had she was the only one with the reason to come out. So they almost make it seem like if you go in, like, like Ventress makes it to the end. Like she gets there. Mm-hmm. She does. I mean, I don't know if that's, I, I'm assuming that's her talking at the end when she has that moment of like, it's going to come inside of us and it's going to rip us apart at the seams and we're the annihilation. Like that's what's I mean, going to happen. She said
0: it was her. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, she said it was inside of her.
1: So I'm inside me. <laughs> so you get so, so she makes it all the way because that was what she wanted. And. Uh, I keep wanting to call her Anya. Lena comes <laughs> out because she needs to come out. And the others, they went in to self-destruct then. Is that what that is? Is that, that you, that whatever you intended going in was going to come to fruition? Because I feel like in the moment when the physicist, played by Tessa Thompson, she kind of decides, she makes peace with it, boom, she's flower plant thing. She's a flower, flower, flower thing. plant thing. <laughs> she's flower child. That was really fucking creepy, by the way. Like, I... like I, I need to talk to you about plant people next, but go on, yeah. Uh, like it's like you're whatever which is
0: it's funny because like it's a beautiful moment but it also doesn't make sense because the day before natalie portman's looking at these uh creatures and saying they grew like this Mm -hmm. well if they grew like that from the earth then it obviously wasn't a person who just became one and then now all of a sudden tessa thompson can just become one so it still doesn't make sense even though it's a lovely idea it just uh doesn't it doesn't totally Mm -hmm. work yeah um the, the thing that I really, this is going to sound, I, I don't know if it sounds nutty, but in the beginning when Natalie Portman is uh, talking to, I guess she's like a teacher as well. She's talking to their students yes. and showing them. Uh, they got to be
1: HeLa cells, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have to be HeLa cells. yeah um, But she's going through all of all of this and she said to tomorrow or next week or whenever it is that they're meeting again, she said tomorrow we'll talk about autophagy. And I kind of glommed onto that because I was like, Okay, well, there's a lot we could talk about with autophagy as it relates to cancer cells. Like, the I'm fuck, really curious the fuck about that. What is it? Autophagy is, um, it's not necessarily the self-destruction of cells, but sort of, uh, sort of the self-destruction of uh, uh, removing parts that are no longer working, like the garbage disposal. Okay. So it's essential for our cells to be able to, for healthy cells to be able to reproduce. Unhealthy cells reproduce, healthy cells reproduce. Without autophagy, you get every time the replication occurs, trash, trash pieces of DNA, things like that that are still
1: stuck in those cells. Okay. So the cell you're telling me is able to throw away the bad stuff, clean out the... Yes. Okay. Which and it's is... called autophagy. Yes. So it's a process, a cellular process. Yes. And the interesting
0: thing is that in Greek autophagy really just means self devouring because it really is kind of devouring parts of itself within the cell. Okay. And then you get that tattoo that appeared first on I don't remember her name. The uh,
1: Arubaros tattoo. Yes,
0: exactly. That was on, it's on Gina. Gina Rodriguez. Rodriguez and then magically appears on Which lena at the very end also and they don't explain it which i kind of like but yes what that is of course is a snake Snake devouring devouring itself itself. and
1: and also the infinity symbol
0: true because in order because she even says this when she's in bed with her husband uh, when they're talking about god making mistakes and he says god doesn't make mistakes and she's saying that from a scientific standpoint Mm -hmm. the way that life goes on the way that cells replicate we should be able to live forever Mm -hmm. the fact that we do age and die is a mistake yeah it's a mistake within our cellular structure it's a mistake within our dna autophagy actually slows down as you age okay so so the poop
1: backs up the garbage backs up
0: right so she wants to talk about autophagy in the beginning she makes a point that there is some sort of mistake that has occurred within, within humanity th- yeah. that causes us to eventually get old or get sick and die and part of that may well be the lack of autophagy that's occurring within ourselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: autophagy of course being self-devouring so <laughs> in order to survive and go on infinity yes forever you have to devour yourself Devour yourself in some way.
1: Ooh. And everybody
0: who's going into the Shimmer is obviously dying in yeah. some sense. They all have They're some kind apart. of, there's, exactly, there's yeah. something going on with them. And the only way that they would ever be able to survive is if they cleansed themselves of that thing. What I don't know, because I'm still working through, I guess, or still thinking about it, is how many of those people survive then in different ways because they were able to actually clean out their system. And I'm wondering if the Shimmer was trying to get them to do that um, in different ways. So, like the Tessa Thompson character, mm-hmm. it seems like maybe she kind of figured that out as well. That I don't want—I don't want my last memory, the only thing that survives of me, to be fear. Right. It's not about giving in, it's about accepting that this is where I am and this is what I should be. Mm -hmm. And if she does turn into a plant person, which I still think is a little bit ridiculous the way it was presented, but if she does that theoretically, she's simply transitioning into a new life, Mm -hmm. but is still alive. So she still survives. Whereas some of the others who were fighting against it, like the uh, Gina Rodriguez character who was so adamantly opposed to believing any of this, is killed. Yeah. Now... There's also the other woman, whose name I don't remember, the one who was killed by the
1: the anthropologist. the bear thing. Yeah, <laughs> was she, she was the anthropologist, the anthropologist yeah. yeah. Cassidy, maybe?
0: That could be. Something like that, yeah. yeah I don't remember. Um, but she, you don't get an idea for sure of whether or not she's accepting of what's going on, but she does have that story about losing her daughter mm-hmm. and how not only did she lose her daughter, but she lost herself. So you get the concept that she already kind of went through a sense of autophagy just to use kind of the same terminology but maybe she already went through that a bit because she did die a little bit and have to throw out that trash person that she used to be Mm -hmm. so to speak and become who she was now and then in a way she does live on I I mean Tessa Thompson makes the point that the only thing that she's living on as is a terrified scream coming out of a monster but in essence she is still living on in some way in the oscar isaac's character you know you don't know at the very end well i guess with either of them with him or lena you don't know at the very end what they are or who they are yeah he says he doesn't know either yeah he may well be partially himself and this new self that he is is just all that was left once you cleaned out the trash right
1: the thing that i thought was So that makes what you just said helps me understand a little bit better the autophagy thing because it it, is like if they really are it's like becoming something else still Mm -hmm. you but something else like it's like a Mm -hmm. rebirth in a way
0: and granted this is me like just rolling in thoughts and it it may not makes
1: a lot of sense and also had some really fucking weird deja vu while you were talking so i think we've had this conversation before but anyway i mean as in like in my head, like, when I, when I was able to look into the future because of deja vu. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so, I think that he's coming out of it, and, like, she's coming out of it, and now they are these, these new versions of themselves, because they were in that shimmer, and their shit was getting refracted, and he is a, it's like a completely new version of himself, because the old, like, the mm-hmm. duplicate happened... And then the old hymn blew himself up.
0: Right. And and the interesting thing, I think, too, like I said, I have a little bit of a problem with the believability factor because you introduced it as being kind of science and mm-hmm. tried to work it into a mindset that we currently have, which if you really want me to believe it, you got to have one of the scientists or somebody mm-hmm. just completely cut me off of the pass and say, there is no scientific explanation that we know of. I can't explain this right. at all. If you say that, I'm going to buy in a lot easier. Um, but... I do think you get the the concept that within this shimmer, evolution is happening at an exponential rate. Right. And that's why, you know, yeah, there's crossbreeding that's going on, but the crossbreeding, if you look at it, it's all of these beautiful flowers. Mm-hmm. It's a, a creature that is part bear, part, I don't even know what the fuck it is, but man, if that thing isn't a great predator, mm-hmm. like a great predator, yeah. it opens its the mouth. Yeah, it too. Like, yeah. But the, the bear thing like opens its mouth and... Human voices, mm-hmm. sorry, human voices wake us and we drown. I just mm-hmm. fucking love that. Anyway, human voices come out to try to attract fear from others. Mm-hmm. I, it's um, it's just really interesting. It, it, it is evolution just happening super, super quickly. And then the two people who actually managed to make it out, you can make the argument that maybe, obviously we don't know what happens next. I hear, There were books that it was based on. Was that this right? Was,
1: this was based on... Uh, southern reach trilogy so i think he alex garland read the first book made this movie mm-hmm. and hadn't had, didn't read the other i i
0: read that yeah. yeah that he hadn't read the others um I, I guess i'm just curious because in my mind they are they have evolved mm-hmm. in some way yeah. but of course we don't know in what way or what that means or what the implications are at the end of this movie which i'm fine with mm-hmm. i'm just curious if that's
1: i'm i guess is the shimmer then a good thing so we they were trying to stop it. They were trying well, maybe not stop it but figure out where it was coming from and the, there's a t- there's a terror cuz like Ventress is saying at the beginning of the movie, you know, it's come this far and in the next 3 months it's going to be here and then it's going to potentially take everything over yep. but isn't this is this what we need? Like is this the next step in our evolution or in the evolution of the planet? Does it have to be a bad thing?
0: I kind of like the part where she's you know it's inside her mm-hmm. and uh, she's talking about being torn apart and it's going to tear you apart until there's nothing left that's recognizable and then she says annihilation and as soon as she said annihilation my thought was that's not annihilation that's a, that's a, a combination of things that's ashes to ashes dust mm-hmm. to dust that's going back to from yeah. whence you came that's it, not it's not an ending. Or if it is, then let's be real, every ending is another beginning.
1: Right. But it's, it's an annihilation of the what what we have now.
0: So that's the question is, are you going to hold so tight to what you have now that you're going to lose out on everything that you could be later?
1: A lot of people. Which is interesting because do that.
0: Oscar Isaac's character, when he's sitting there and he's talking about like, I don't know what I am anymore, or, who I am anymore, or, you know, uh, when he's kind of having his little meltdown before mm-hmm. he quite literally melts down, um, he's talking really about like the collective unconscious and if you actually read young he would tell you that the collective unconscious is um uh, it's kind of the closest thing to god that you could get mm-hmm. um that is how we are all supposed to be we are all connected mm-hmm. and so many people fight against it and of course in some sort of realms of psychoanalytic theory fighting against it can cause all of these issues that you may
1: see Mm -hmm. that's why i think that's how i think of my um my gut my gut is tapping into that collective Mm -hmm. unconscious my gut is telling me for example this person isn't a good fit for this job and my mind is saying well let's not judge them based on this and this and this benefit of the doubt right my and, and my but my gut is saying like this is not a good fit. Like, my in, immediately after I I'm first looking over somebody's application materials and talking to them on the phone, I immediately make a judgment call. Sure. And then I continue on in the process depending on, but I'm fighting. It's always I'm fighting with it, right? Because I don't trust my fucking gut. But I think that's fine, too. If you're,
0: if you're analyzing something, I, I think analysis is good. Analysis helps us to grow. It's just a matter of being aware of what it is that you're arguing. Does that make sense? So if yes. you are... If you know that my gut is telling me this but I'm going to further think things through and you just don't let either side hold too much So weight. yeah, because
1: it turns into confirmation bias for me. Yeah. Really quick. Like I, now I want to confirm what my gut is telling me one way or the other right. and I might not be looking at it very clearly. Even though I'm literally fighting with my gut the entire time. Like telling myself, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. I'm also it's very annoying and it's so funny too because (laughs) if you start thinking about uh, uh,
0: anxiety and intrusive thoughts and that's one of the things that of course that they tell you is don't fight the thought because that's just going to make it stronger it's Mm -hmm. just going to make everything that much worse acknowledge it and let it go on because you're always going to have those intrusive thoughts you're always going to have those arguments with yourself you're always going to have doubt you're always going to have questions so just accept it as part of being a human being I don't know how that relays to what we were talking about (laughs) we were talking about the collective
1: unconscious and like Jungian theory and all of that kind of stuff and so
0: yeah yeah I, I guess the way that she was explaining what was happening to her with this shimmer inside of her it didn't sound like a bad thing necessarily but of, she
1: called it annihilation but maybe that's, but then she called it annihilation, that's the right. only thing that she maybe knew what to call
0: yeah yeah I, I could and it is the name that.
1: of the movie <laughs> and she must have known that going in right <laughs> i gotta say this at some point because it's the name of the movie there's an imperfect circle song called annihilation that i always get stuck in my head um and yeah it this movie kind of makes me think of it but that's more about like it's maynard singing about war and peace um and Annihilation by War. But anywhos. Um So a lot of really interesting things to think about. And I didn't put all of that together. The the Arubarose tattoo. For some reason I thought Gina Rodriguez went in to the Shimmer with that tattoo mm. already. I thought she did. did okay. She? So she had it and then it was... Tattooing itself onto, like, because their DNA was mixing. Yeah, that was was my assumption, at least.
0: Which doesn't make sense, because, um, funny story, when you tattoo skin, it doesn't get into your DNA. (laughs) It's not like tattoos all of a sudden pop up throughout your body. A
1: series of moles, maybe, but not the tattoo.
0: In fact, tattoos tend to fade, which is proof thereof (laughs) that the cells are not replicating the ink.
1: So Oscar Isaac, his character also has this tattoo on his chest, which is real dumb. And I'm sorry. I don't sorry, remember. I remember seeing his, it, but I
0: don't remember seeing it's what it on was.
1: his chest. Because the moment when they're in bed together and they're kind of like um, touching each other and stuff, and it's this really sweet moment. Um, you, you see the tattoo, and you see it a couple other times too. Um, and when they get to the base where um, Oscar, I guess his name is Kane, Kane and his group are had hold up mm-hmm. and were had a home base, and then they find first they find the video, which fully event horizon vibes off of that video. (laughs) Like super fucking gross. Like he's cutting a rectangle of flesh to open it up and see what's moving inside of him and why was that the why was that a logical conclusion? Right, right, right. Yeah, like did
0: this guy say hold me down and cut me open? And he was like, okay. Or
1: I mean if he's feeling like something's moving inside of him, maybe he did. So so then they get to the uh, the pool, the the Mm -hmm. empty pool, which is where they had done this, and you see this just, it's a man, the bottom half of a man, and then it's like exploded out into this like Mm -hmm. growth, Which I
0: assume happened once they cut him open.
1: Yeah, that it continued to grow um, out. And then at the top of it is like the top half of his skull and like a piece of his, and there's a tattoo on him. Oh, was there? And it looks like the tattoo that's on Oscar Isaac. So at first I was like, oh, so maybe this was what happened to um, Cain, the real Cain. But then, I, after you see the Riveros has been moved over to Natalie Portman's character, you, I was like, "Oh, so he had the tattoo, and it became a part of his com- comrade, and that's that's what we were seeing." But mm-hmm. man, that video is—you know what nasty. I find
0: what I find really interesting about that video, like more interesting than anything. Why was that the only piece of video or photographic evidence that these people, They're like you, behind. walk into? You walk into a place like this where every moment you're finding something else beautiful and stunning and amazing Mm -hmm. there were like fucking deer with flowers growing out their antlers and nobody thought to take pictures
1: (laughs) (laughs) all they left behind was this fucked up video (laughs) yeah
0: that's it there's not like a phone somewhere with a camera roll that's totally filled with all of this shit also speaking of camera she is damn lucky that somehow, by some sort of miracle, the battery on that camcorder didn't die didn't over the last she got to
1: the year.
0: It's been a year that it's just been sitting there.
1: Yeah, it, it's it is really interesting I, the, that they weren't taking. I, when I think about Kane and the people he was with, and so they were probably all these soldiers that had, had gone on this self-destructive uh, suicide mission. If 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 what we're talking about, that, that what you're thinking is what comes to fruition inside of the Shimmer, maybe they were all thinking that was how it was going to end. And maybe that they were all so fucked up in the head that that, that was how it was going to end. I don't know. That it was going to end in blood and, and gore and horror. Um, well, and it could just be,
0: do you give in to the fear? Because obviously being in a place like that would be quite frightening. Yeah um kind of again to come back to like what what tessa thompson's character was thinking i don't know what her name was in the movie i didn't i don't remember them even calling her by name i think they the prob- only the name, beginning
1: they probably the
0: literally the something. only name i remember is lena because they would they say, say it. it a few
1: times and kane i mean you see kane in writing at one but here's the thing
0: too. at one point he was talking about with the during the video he said that he was kane and i actually had a moment of wait is that really him i don't remember what his name is <laughs> because of course you never know who's who so anyway um, tessa uh,
1: thompson was erratic Josie Raddick. I think they call her
0: Josie a lot. Josie, sure. Okay. Josie. Josie Mm -hmm. was talking about, you know, the last thing that that the the other woman experienced was fear and I don't want that to be me and I want to, I want to be more than that and I'm willing to, Mm -hmm. you know, become something else, all of that. That She may have been the only person who chose that path and maybe the others, If well, I guess we don't know what happened to everybody else, Mm -hmm. so I shouldn't say she's the only person who chose that, but it may well come down to not necessarily a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of what happens to you but maybe if you let fear get the better of you there is a self-fulfilling prophecy there of you know you're afraid you're going to be killed by something and then you're killed by something so
1: maybe that's what it is
0: or you're looking at your fingers and you feel like your fingerprints are moving which is kind of funny (laughs) but you know you've you've bought in now that something weird is happening to my body and
1: And the Gina Rodriguez character, she was kind of the, you could see her wanting to be, so so I think, uh, because Lena's ex-army, right? And so she, you can see, it was, I thought a really good job by Gina Rodriguez that she was kind of imbuing that in her character, like wanting to be that tough person. So when the alligator comes out, she starts to shoot it, but she doesn't have the ground and she can't get it. And she's like falling backwards, but then you see Lena's just like, boom, doing it. This is done. Like, she's just so tough. And then when Lena goes to find um, the the anthropologist woman, like, they found, like, a boot or whatever. And they're like, we need to find her. And Rodriguez is like, I'm going to go with you. And she's like, no, I'm going by which, myself.
0: honestly, I think was kind of dumb. You probably should have let her come because she's an EMT. What if yeah. you had found if, her and she was still yeah. alive? <laughs> Unless you were a medic in the army, which yeah. maybe you were. I don't know.
1: So, yeah. But then, then – Rodriguez kind of, like, when they see the video, she doesn't want to believe it. Like, yeah. she says it's a trick of the light, and she's really fighting against it. Exactly. And I think she's doing that because she's afraid. So, yeah. in that sense, you
0: are letting so the fear. fear get the better of her. Yeah, and then you? her
1: fear, it turns into craziness. Like, she's, which I thought the big secret of she's not going to tell anybody about Cain, made, it made a lot of sense. And adventurous was totally right, I think, when she was like, at first I wasn't sure why you wouldn't tell them, but now I think you're, you were right to do that. Um, so, but, but of course there's going to be a big reveal and they're going to find out. And of course they wouldn't trust her. I wouldn't trust her if I found out that her husband was one of, in one of the last groups to go in. No way. Um, and then, and, and everything that Rodriguez made, said made sense. Like, who knows? You could have found her dead or you could have found her alive. Like, yeah. you could have been lying to us this entire time. So I, that I thought was well done and made a lot of sense. Um, and then the fucking bear thing shows up and dude, that thing is so scary and creepy and it's funny uh, cause it totally was, but he was also kind of cute. I, I was wondering, that was one of my burning questions. Would you hug that bear?
0: I kinda no, I don't think so, because he seemed he seemed pretty aggressive. He did. But he was still kinda cute, not gonna lie.
1: Cute in a like a drooly bloody snarly way, like in a skeletal face way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like he was kinda like But he's
1: still floofy. He was
0: he was still floofy, he still had like the the big the, cute the bear longer. butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: yeah. That was the scurry bear. He um, was so cute, though.
0: In a, in a way. In a way.
1: <laughs> I think the other thing about this movie that I really appreciate is, and I, I say the same about a lot of TV that I've seen recently, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know at any point what's going to happen. There's a lot of stuff you watch, like comedies and, like... What are you watching on TV that you don't know what's going to happen? Like, Fleabag. I didn't know we were going
0: with Fleabag. Oh, I haven't watched it so uh, no. And there was
1: another one, um... Like, Pen15. I don't know where Pen15 is going. But Eventually. I like where it's, I Eventually, like where it's, I think it's going to high school. Well, I like where it's taking me. <laughs> well, I enjoy where it's taking me. So, just that I don't feel like, yes, I know this, the tropes of the story. And, I yes, guess. I know. Like, your romantic comedy. Just you something different. Ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. Something different that um, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and that makes me excited yeah. um, to watch it. So, the, I didn't, the end end where ventress is annihilated mm. by whatever it is this alien thing that came from this meteor and then our meteorite i guess i should say and then the the weird choreographed mm. movements i of loved this, that it was so wicked and cool and um it's scary but like in a weird way and and i the the visuals like where she's walking across the beach and there's this glass trees that reminded me of the dark crystal and um, she gets the it, the the movie is just beautiful. Like I just mm-hmm. that's what i was saying. I like the way it looks. I like the way it feels. I like the way it, it sounds. Even like the soundtrack. Um, they kept playing that Crosby, Still, Nash song, which was really uh, that was perfect. Great. Um, <laughs> that's <a> funny story.
0: <laughs> when they first started playing that, was when I realized that there was a monster in my window.
1: I could hear it playing in the background of your video. <laughs> that was
0: so yeah. That was, that was terrifying. But
1: yeah. So, so I just I appreciated that. And I don't know. I don't know much about Alex Garland, but
0: the, the movies that
1: he's been involved in, the shows that he's been involved in, I've just really enjoyed. And like whatever he's, wherever his mind is at, like I'm there. And I didn't even get think about it as deeply as you did. Like I didn't make it that far because I don't know that much about biology and psychology. But
0: well, and again, it's a lot of that was just my brain going a mile a minute and taking mm-hmm. it somewhere where maybe it's not even I don't meant know, to it go. All makes sense
1: to me. I
0: do wonder, there are things, like this was one of the issues that I had with um, Midsommar, is that sometimes there's a thread that goes through a movie, a show, a book, a story. And that thread is fascinating and I want it to be explored and I'm getting really into it being explored. But then there are a lot of other just random things that make no sense that are thrown in for shock value, just as an example. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the big problem with Midsommar is that it had this great concept and it was beautifully shot and wonderfully acted and there was so much to love about it but it had these just completely random nonsense bits that were thrown in that really took me out and I didn't get a ton of that with Annihilation but there was some of it there was some of it like the tattoo it's cool Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't make any sense and it makes me think that you just had this idea of something that's cool but you didn't really put in the effort to make it make sense Mm -hmm. and that irks me in the same way that you've you've mentioned like um noticing special effects before oh yeah and it's it's a little thing that maybe you shouldn't yeah and maybe you shouldn't glom on to because it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but it does take you out that's the same thing that some of these things did for me so it wasn't a total win as a story but uh but there were definitely some really interesting things that happened in there for sure
1: so what do you think I, i guess this is kind of like a You can answer one question or the other, but, like, worst death or, like, grossest, grossest, creepiest thing in the film to you? Hmm. Um. I mean, I guess
0: worst death, like, you know, having your throat ripped out. By a bear beast? By a bear slash anteater slash dinosaur. (laughs) I don't know what. It sort of was. It was funny. it It was a bear, but it was very clearly like a tyrannosaurus rex as well like they're like if we just sit here and be totally still maybe it won't see us <laughs> Jurassic Park vibes right um so yeah I would I would think getting attacked by that <laughs> would be rough uh probably um I also wouldn't like being attacked by a mutant crocodile or alligator, alligator or you it was know either. how I feel
1: about alligators Lindsay
0: yeah I will say this though she was like I don't think that was a very uh good smart alligator like you couldn't hold on to her and death roll her i like, know i, I he don't was know why too big
1: and maybe the water was just too shallow oh
0: maybe i hadn't thought about
1: that yeah he was a big boy or she yeah i don't know i love i was a little bit
0: sad about that too <laughs>
1: i also love when they're looking inside the mouth and ventress is like some kind of crossbreed and i'm like that's the dumbest question anyone's ever asked you can't crossbreed a fucking alligator with a sharp woman like that doesn't even make sense Like, why would you even suggest that? Maybe
0: she'd been watching too many sci-fi
1: movies. Like, sharks are fucking alligators now? No.
0: They all live in water sometimes?
1: Sure. Sometimes (laughs) sharks live in water. Sometimes they don't live in water. Well, I mean, (laughs) the gators only live in it sometimes, so. I was like, you're dumb, Ventress. The cancer is eating your brain. Um, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. We don't know what kind of cancer she had. The part where Tessa Thompson's character becomes plants
0: I really liked I did really like the imagery of, you know, she's kind of was she like scratching at her skin mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you, you see little see sprouts it, and and then you could see what looks like just veins for a moment as she walks away and then, away and then like obviously vines. turning into right. I Oh, so you didn't like
1: that? Fucking sick.
0: Oh, I thought that was beautiful. So sick. I thought Anything it was really pretty. To do
1: with like, so there was this book. It was like a uh, like a photographs in a book that it felt like a movie a picture book about a movie it was called plant people and it was in like our little tiny school library the little parochial school that i went to and i read it i don't don't ask me why it was in this library because it was really fucking fucked up book Mm -hmm. and i don't think this was actually a movie i think it was a book that came out probably in like the 70s or something maybe the 80s and it had like realistic like photographs of the story that's going along so the story is that People in this desert town are turning into fucking plants. Yeah, I get it. Sure. That can and, happen. But in, on their journey to becoming plants. So this boy starts to, to realize that his parents are acting weird and his friends are acting weird and the people in our town are acting weird. And he follows at one point. What is this that Mark Wahlberg says? It's the trees. <sighs> what the fuck is it? It's bees. It's bees. What's going on? What's happening? All these bees. <laughs> so weird. But then on the SNL, it was him talking to plants and it was like a thing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. So, anyway, in one part of the book, um, the boy follows his sister or his mom, somebody he cares about, out into the desert. And they're acting really weird, whoever this is that he's with. And at, and at some point, she takes her hands, and there's these cacti. She takes her hands and just plunges them onto the cactus. spikes coming out of the cactus, the needles. And, and there's a photograph of that. And then, eventually, people are turning. But they look weird because they're turning into plants. Mm-hmm. That book scared the fucking hell out of me, and that's what I think about when I, when I see that. When I see her turning into a plant, I'm thinking about plant people, and that... That scared I you. Like, I think it's
0: a beautiful mythology. It's oh. like the uh, the green children, the children of the forest, that, you know, they, they're children, or they certainly seem like children, but they're also very plant-like, and they grow up in the woods, and you never know for sure if they really like,
1: are. Like from uh, Game of Thrones stuff?
0: Um, well, I think the Game of Thrones stuff was based on the... The myth. Uh, the children the forest. Yeah. But they're just fucking fairies, right? Or trolls or whatever? Well, maybe. So, I mean, there's fairy mythology that comes from different places throughout the world. Throughout Europe, at least. And then called different things elsewhere. Um, but it's all... I mean, if you look at any kind of mythology mm-hmm. throughout the world, there's definitely... There are stories about connections of humanity <laughs> to nature and what that looks like. You know, whether it's... Yeah. I don't know, the goddess that's the moon, or um, children of the forest, or uh, having a connection to, to some kind of plant or tree, or like shamanism using different kinds of, of plants. I mean, mm-hmm. Wicca, you know, mm-hmm. all of it having that kind of connection, connection to, nature. to nature. So I guess I don't see that as... Not that I wouldn't be freaked out if I all of a sudden started turning into a tree,
1: I mean, the image image of someone with their hands just stabbed by cactus needles, like, in a desert with, like, a blank stare just looking creepy, and it's, like, a real person, like, they've done, like, it sticks with me.
0: I mean, the thing that, like, (laughs) scared me the most when I was a little kid was the fairy book that we had that was Brian Fround, who's an artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, we had, I think we may have had the troll book that he did too but it was fairies fairies is what did it for me and oh my god beautiful artwork 100 percent. fucking terrifying though even the most beautiful like he would draw like the most beautiful fairy that maybe even looks like a gorgeous woman and has a flowing Mm -hmm. dress and then you look in her eyes and there's nothing there Mm -hmm. like all of it's just fucking terrifying yeah that scared the shit out of me
1: that's um kind of how i felt about the dark crystal Oh, yeah, the Dark Crystal scared them. where they're in that little chamber, and they're, like, sucking the essence out of the podlings, and... Mm -hmm. I mean, I
0: finally watched and loved it, but the first time that we rented it, we had to take it back. I remember being at my Nani and Pop's house, and we rented the Dark Crystal, and we got maybe 20 minutes in, and it was too scary, and we had to take it back, and we rented The Sound of Music instead Mm -hmm. as a palate cleanser.
1: Yeah. And, like, uh, another one that really freaked me out when I was a kid, uh, The Rats of Nim. And we had... Rats of is a really good story. And we had, and it might, that might be another, like fantasy sci-fi is a very, is a very like fantastical science fiction kind of story. And there is an old wise rat named Nicodemus and mm-hmm. they go to see him. So the story is about, um, Mrs. Brisby. Is this a, is it a cartoon? It's a cartoon. Okay. Yeah. Mrs. Brisby has her children, and and, uh, I think it's Timmy, little Timmy is sick, and they need to, the harvest is coming, so the tractor's going to be coming through the field, and they they can't move because the little boy is sick, so um, Mrs. Brisby is trying to find a way, so she has to go visit with all these people, and she goes to see Nicodemus, but the reason why Mrs., um, Mrs. Brisby's husband, who no longer lives, was part of an experiment where rats were injected, and they became intelligent, and they escaped, and those are the rats of NIM. NIM is N I M H, all caps. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the name of the, science, the institute where they were um, injected with stuff. So she goes to visit Nicodemus, who's this wise old rat, but he also has magic. And there's a photograph. There was a, not a photograph. But it was like a, the illustrated book of the movie. There's a page where just Nicodemus was. He's got this like long, like flowing, like white mustache, and he's in robes, and his eyes are glowing, and it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I just like skip over that page. <laughs> just but I was also a real scaredy cat when I was a kid I remember sitting in our basement we had um the little I can't remember what size there but the little records and uh-huh. we would play them and one of them was the three little pigs and it's I remember sitting there when I was a kid listening to the story of the three little pigs and, and getting scared the part about the wolf and I scared the poop out of me and like I was like shutting it down like running upstairs I couldn't oh, be by funny. myself
0: I yeah that the, the the fairy book did it to me every time um the cartoon version of the hobbit scared the hell out of me the it wasn't the dragons mm. it was Gollum. dragons didn't scare me it was 100% Gollum.
1: Watership Down. Yeah I never saw out Watership out
0: Down but I've Ooh. heard that it was a uh, kind of scary to they see. They remade it
1: on like Netflix as like a series or something too I think but I'm like why it's so fucking scary. Oh. Um no kid should be, it's but a cartoon, I mean, you would think a kid, it would be safe for kids to watch. No kid should be watching Watership Down.
0: Ghoulies uh, scared the hell out of me, which in fairness, <laughs> I shouldn't have scary. seen. I know, that was, my cousin made me watch it when I was, I don't know, four or five. A five-year-old should not be watching Ghoulies. No, no. He was not a good babysitter. Um, but yeah, I was scared to go to the bathroom for a long time, because I thought a, a ghoulie was going to pop out of toilet. the toilet. There was also, he made me watch this as well. Uh, It was like an Amazing Stories or one of those shows Mm -hmm. with, you know, the multiple stories in it. And it was the one where the little boy's teddy bear came to life at night and it went out and killed people. Lovely. And I have so many stuffed animals and I loved them all so much. And every night I would go to sleep and be like please don't come alive and kill anybody. <laughs> that wasn't even as scary as much as it was sad because I started thinking, what if they are bad? So what made
1: you so scared of like alien abduction? Do you know?
0: I don't know. I think it was I, – I think the concept of it is terrifying to me because sure. it's all unknown. I think that's the biggest reason why it scares me. So, but I mean, as far as the first thing that I ever saw or heard about, I don't know. I, I mean – obviously there was the x-files um <laughs> like that <laughs> and we watched the x-files all the time but i feel like even before that i probably saw some movie or something yeah,
1: something that stuck it in your brain yeah.
0: and and there was i mean there was that chuck norris movie that scared the hell out of me for years also mm-hmm. that really stuck with the, with the me. guy
1: who couldn't be killed
0: yeah that really haunted me for a long time <laughs> um but other than that there weren't oh and friday the 13th but i talked or not i'm sorry not friday the 13th um Uh, nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. i watched when i was way too young like six or seven
1: those movies are scary and
0: the only way that i could go to sleep was to uh rationalize it all to myself by explaining to myself that i don't live on elm street (laughs) and it's funny because a few years ago i was looking at houses and i found one that i actually really liked but it was on elm street and and i seriously like i went to go look at it still but the whole time i was walking through the house i was like coming up with things I didn't like about it (laughs) purposefully because I knew I just knew I couldn't I can't live on an Elm Street that's never gonna
1: happen that's funny
0: (laughs) but to come back to your question about what's grossest also yeah Gina Rodriguez's hair
1: oh I know you don't like it it's not even
0: an undercut it's like a side buzz it's like no I can't if you no, if you have part of your head shaved I think it's disgusting. I'm sorry. I think it's because of the skin thing for me. Like, I just think skin is nasty. And then you purposefully are showing me your skin when you don't need to because you could have hair there. I just don't. I can't handle it. It just seriously gross. It's so funny. You get like, it's not even that I think you
1: don't like body hair. So I would think if you were a guy, you would want him to shave his chest or whatever. But I don't. There's something
0: about it that's it's I have a visceral response to undercuts. I just it's not even that I just think it's ugly. I it grosses me out. So every time I would see her, I'd be like, turn the other way, Gina. Turn away. <laughs> she was good in this one. She was, was good, yeah.
1: So can we talk about Natalie Portman for a little bit?
0: Sure. Straight eyebrow Portman.
1: Is that what you how you think of her?
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned the straight eyebrows with people before, yeah. too. No, I haven't. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Allison Mack um she's got some shit going on right now sure but e- even back <laughs> but let's trash her brows before, while we're before she became i don't know a cult leader or whatever she is <laughs> back when she was on smallville i didn't watch smallville a lot but man if i just could not handle watching her because of those it this stri- i understand that they can't help it mm-hmm. but there's something about the way that straight eyebrows like you, everybody's eyebrows you use they're expressive yeah but they, like, don't arch, and it just, it really freaks me out. It just really freaks me out. You're I can't handle it. You're saying there's nothing
1: they can do about it, but really they can. People change their eyebrow shape.
0: Well, I don't think you can change them from that unless you like shave well, them. yeah, and drew you're them gonna on. have to
1: start. You're gonna have to start with a, a fresh. You know, shave that shit, <laughs> get rid of it, wax I can't, it, and then draw it on.
0: I, I will be 100 percent honest. This is my problem. <laughs> I acknowledge that that <laughs> just, the majority of people probably don't care.
1: Where the arch should be, just shave that little patch right there, and then just draw a little draw arch. It
0: up. <laughs> just harness Benny Davis and just like <laughs> just, just go for it. I, but it's, there's something about it that just, and every, I think Natalie Portman is a wonderful actress. I do. I think she's very talented. Mm. Um, but there is something about the straight eyebrows that when she has certain expressions, I just, it's like, it's a mix between cartoonish and just scary for me. There's just something so weird, and I can't, it's my thing. I know it. Sure. It's the same reason why I can't watch. Gwyneth Paltrow with her ears connected to her face
1: <laughs> you freak I'm sorry man. there are plenty of
0: things I'm sure people could pick out about me that are like gross or weird <laughs> but those are my uh so bugaboos Nat- Natalie Portman I she also has a five head but you know
1: <laughs> oh yeah she I feel like my thing with Natalie Portman is I'm watching in- her in a movie and I'm just hoping she doesn't ruin it for me and I don't know who else to describe she's, it. She's your Amy Adams, maybe, because I, I think uh, Garden State, love that movie. Sure, she's good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, Black like Swan, it. Black Swan, so great. Yeah, what you know, love it. Um, and this movie, I I watched. It's like I watched the movies in spite of Natalie.
0: Yeah, which is I I feel that way about. Uh, her as well mm-hmm. that I I've I never it, though. I've never sought out a movie because it was her even though I do acknowledge that I, I do think she's a very good actress but it's yeah exactly it's in spite of instead of
1: and I don't I don't get it because there's a lot of guys I know who just think she's so great very girl next door oh, like I they just find I mean. her very attractive and it's not that she's that I think she's unattractive I think she's got one of those faces where like I'll never 'Cause I remember her as a kid and so when yeah. I look at her I still see that child face. Like her, you see the professional? Yeah. Uh yes, yes. Yeah. Um and she's definitely like her haircut in this movie is very kind of I don't know, like normal. You know, it's just not you know anyway. Um so so I don't know I can't pinpoint exactly why. It's not her facial I think features. There are sometimes- I think it's something about I think just in, and just in life,
0: in life, there are people who you just don't click with and you just maybe don't really like without necessarily knowing why. Obviously, there are people you don't like and you know why, mm-hmm. but sometimes there are people that just, yeah, maybe it's something about their face or something about their voice or mm-hmm. their mannerisms that just kind of rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think for Natalie Portman, too, there is, again, I think she's an amazing actress, but sometimes when she gets really emotional and her face like crumbles in a certain way there's an element of of gloom and, and sadness there that almost seems so overdone that it becomes off-putting for me mm-hmm. and it's not that I feel like she's bad acting in that moment it's more it's more a personal thing it's more mm-hmm. like if this person was in my life I feel like I would feel like oh she's so pathetic why is she being so pathetic and that's very off-putting to me
1: what is the movie that she is in, is it Where the Heart Is? Yeah, which I, I loved that part Where man, she has the baby in the Walmart book. and she names the baby Americus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought she was perfect in that because she's very kind of matter-of-fact-like and just dealing with things. Because maybe it's that, I feel like there's something robotic about her. I don't know how to explain it I feel like the warmest I've ever felt about her was her character in Garden State and even then she felt a little bit robotic she
0: doesn't I don't think she has and maybe it's just that she hasn't had an opportunity or taken the opportunity uh, you know
1: a a certain role
0: like that but warmth like you said I I don't know that I have seen a lot of warmth from her yeah Yeah.
1: and maybe that's the thing that it, it feels like weird and so Black Swan is perfect because it's a Fucked up movie and she's right. a fucked up character and it's easy.
0: Oh, it's so easy to, like I said, be a little bit disgusted by her mm-hmm. or feel sorry for her or yeah. pity her. She does that really well. Yeah. But yeah, seeing her as a a friend mm-hmm. or a um, a lover or someone I would look up to or something, yes. something, someone it's, who imbues that kind of warmth. Yeah, I, I don't, I haven't felt like that
1: in the Star Wars prequel. Prequel. Oh, well, everybody's super robotic. This. But in that, she's kind of, she is kind of robotic when she's in her like full regalia or whatever for her, mm-hmm. her character, her Padme character. It is Padme, right? Yeah.
0: Amidala. And, oh, right? is it? Padme's isn't Padme
1: the the mom? Right. Oh, well, um, isn't Padme the handmaid? Child. I thought she was
0: Padme. Yeah, because she plays two roles, right? She's the queen, and then she's also the handmaid at different times. Wasn't that? It's been so many years since I I've don't seen it, it.
1: Like those are such terrible movies, and
0: I know that's what I mean. I saw them in the theaters, and I don't think I've seen them Maybe since. Maybe she is
1: Amadala. Fuck it, I don't know. Anyway, so in that movie, the moments that she had with Anakin, you know, I guess you're supposed to feel this like love and warmth and passion, and I just didn't feel There's it. There's nothing. Like I yeah. didn't feel it. But it, again, I think it, it, like it might be the dialogue and the, and the
0: yeah. I think yeah, a lot. I think it was everything it was coming bad. together there. It Was bad.
1: Um. So yeah. So. I thought she did. I I liked her in this movie, and I think that lack of warmth worked really well in this because she's she's a a scientist. Yeah, and aside from like the moments when she's in bed with um, Kane, you know, even when she she has sex with her lover or whatever, and then she's telling him to get out, like she just kind of shuts down. Mm -hmm. It's just really interesting. Um, You yesterday were giving me shit because you were wondering if this oh, Michelle versus Gina Rodriguez you, was gonna be a Lorraine Bracco, Deborah Winger, or yeah. a Pacino De Niro. Because situation. I turned it on
0: and I saw Gina Rodriguez, but in when you told me, I could have sworn you said Michelle. I so might I, have
1: said Michelle, but in my head I was thinking Gina and mm-hmm. I was picturing. Which Gina. is fine. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> But I it's hard
0: know. to it's hard to trust you anymore mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. especially I'm after the love. whole uh Lorraine Bracco thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? uh so yeah so i loved gina rodriguez from jane the virgin yeah i never saw it (sighs) i really loved that series and um it's still on netflix isn't it yes i think so yeah and and i think she um i think it's one that i've always thought about watching and just never did oh i got sucked in and i was i was watching it while it was on Mm -hmm. like i you know while it was still going but anyway she um I thought she was really good in this. I, and I'm interested to see where her career goes. I, I think she's better for TV. Mm. I Yeah, I really haven't seen her Netflix. in much. She did a Netflix movie, like a girls' net fun romantic comedy movie, which was just okay. Um, but I, I mean, think she would be good in a series.
0: She was good in this, but honestly, I really haven't seen her in much.
1: Um, can we talk about Jennifer Jason Leigh's face and her oh. voice? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I just think... So I first knew Jennifer Jason Leigh, I think, from Single White Female. And then I, I saw that before I saw Fast Times, when she's just like a baby.
0: Which is, oh my god, just such an amazing movie. It is. And she's so great in it. She mm-hmm. is so great.
1: Uh, and I think she's a wonderful actor.
0: And Rush is on the list, which okay. you've probably never yeah, even heard of. It. But it was, it was a 90s movie. And she and um, Michael Patrick? Patrick? I'm totally blanking now. Anyway, they're undercover narcotics oh, officers. Okay. That oh, sound like it's a so fucking dark. Like. <laughs> so dark. So good.
1: Yeah. But there's something like she's done something to her face.
0: Yeah. It's very uh, flat.
1: Yeah. It's really <laughs> weird. And then so it kind of works for this movie because she's very cold and like kind of cool. Jason
0: she, Patrick. Sorry. Jason
1: Patrick. Okay. But she's talking in that kind of like low, she's like a low talker. A low talker in this movie, and she's got kind of this mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner Which thing. But she always happening has a voice. little bit
0: of of that voice. I mean, Maybe, that's... yeah.
1: But the, the the Kathleen Turner voice, that kind of doing that. Man, I
0: miss uh... Kathleen Turner. Me too. I
1: she's did. I did best. rewatch *Romancing the Stone* a few weeks ago because. It's uh,
0: good I haven't seen it in years.
1: S- solid, solid like, turn by her and by Michael. Douglas. Serial
0: Mom. I haven't seen that in years. I have never seen *Serial Mom*. Oh, it's good. That's good. I'd probably it like appreciate a mom, it a lot more now it? as an adult too <laughs> than I did as a, who's a kid. Serial killer. Kind of. Ooh, okay. It's uh, John Waters, too, so oh, nice. that's why I think I'd appreciate it a lot more as an adult.
1: So, yeah. um, So, yeah, I, I guess I just, I thought she worked. I was trying to think of other, and I saw a couple of, like, who other people who might have been up for this role, but I was wondering what Sigourney Weaver would have been like in this
0: mm-hmm. as the
1: Ventress character.
0: I feel like somebody like Sigourney Weaver would be wasted on this character mm-hmm. because there really isn't a whole lot of meat to her. Or maybe she would have brought more to it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe. Um. But I feel like we, I, I feel like I got what I needed out of the character from Jennifer Jason Leigh still. I don't, I don't know if she was the best,
1: <laughs> but we got what we needed. Uh, Oscar Isaac, anything to say about him aside from two first names?
0: Um, I think he's fucking hot. Yeah. And it's weird because I feel, I feel like He he's, didn't have any
1: hair on his chest.
0: He's a little bit goofy looking. He is. And I admit that, but it works for me. It works. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he wasn't really here much, you know.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen, I mean, obviously seen him in all the the Star Wars stuff. I haven't seen Inside the Will and Davis, which I need to watch.
0: You know what? I haven't seen it either. It's been on my list of things to watch for so many years. And I'm sure, like, I'm 100% sure that I would love it i guess i shouldn't say 100 percent, but mm-hmm. i really he's an, think he's an ex love machina
1: it. he has a much bigger part in ex machina than he does in this movie yeah machina and then this movie oh ex machina also has um domo gleason who is my boyfriend that's a weird choice the pasties you know how i don't you know
0: how i feel about pasty pails i you can have them
1: and i love he was in um that it was a really short series on hbo with um fuck i can't think of her name yeah, yeah, Mara yeah. Weaver, and I love run. her. She's so great. I, I saw it. It was a lot that. of fun.
0: I watched the um like the preview for it and thought, oh my god, I do like him. Don't get me wrong. I, mm-hmm. I think he's a great actor. Um, I like him and I love her, especially after what what was the, the movie about divorce, the Netflix movie. Well, first of all, the Netflix series she did also, uh, where the girl got raped yeah, and she I was one of the detectives. Oh, I, can't she's remember so fucking I didn't amazing. watch it. But she's um the sister in the movie with Adam. Adam. Marriage Story. Yeah, Marriage Story. Adam Driver. Thank you. She's the sister in that, and she is fucking amazing. I she was in
1: Nurse She was the. I think I first met her in Nurse Jackie, and I loved Nurse Jackie, and I loved, Jackie, and I loved her character in Nurse Jackie. Yeah, I don't care for Nurse Jackie.
0: But anyway, the point is, is, I saw the preview for it, and I really liked both of them, but there was something about what I saw in the preview that just made me think, like, I just don't care. I'm just not interested in the show itself. Man. So I just never turned it on.
1: Mascara Isaacs had a weird career been
0: a lot of stuff some not so great
1: yeah some like real shit. x-men stuff. apocalypse oh, oh my god
0: so fucking bad but a most violent year was pretty good not great not as great as i think he's it could also have been but... a
1: bunch of stuff like he's in the robin hood with uh fuck russell crowe and oh, really? uh apparently he was in sucker punch <laughs> and apparently he was in oh, 10 years which i've only seen like maybe twice but that's only because channing tatum is in it huh yeah he's in a lot of weirdness Duke, I, I feel like he's one of those people that everybody really knows now, especially because of Star Wars.
0: Mm, probably. But
1: what the fuck is he doing? Oh, he's going to be in Dune.
0: Yeah, yeah whatever. His
1: Duke Trade is. Okay. That'll, D- Dune's, Dune's a big fucking deal. You need to get on board. People say it's a big deal, but... Is it because of Timmy?
0: I'm not a fan of Timmy. I will say that. But I also have seen Dune twice already, which is already like... 27 hours of my life <laughs> like in the two different ways yeah. in the original dune and then the sci-fi mini series so i've already spent like at minimum a full day of my life on dune i probably i'm not saying i won't see it but i'm not excited about it but it's it. been a and i'm still not
1: excited <laughs> I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a pretty fun to watch. Like a, a, it might. a Good feels, a good watch. Like, like how I feel good about feels. this movie. Like feels good, looks good, sounds good. It's just an experience. What
0: felt good about it to you? When I say
1: feel, I mean like <laughs> the way, the vibe, like the kind of. It was visceral. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't know, know how else to that. describe it. And like when I'm watching it, the colors and like, yeah. It just make, gives me feeling in the way. Like but you
0: don't want to sprout flowers from your fingertips. Fuck
1: that. Fuck that.
0: Huh. No. See, I think you're pushing back against evolution.
1: <laughs> all right? I need to be open I to that. I think it. you're going to end up regretting that. Fuck all.
0: You must be open to change. Because change is going to happen, Leah. Whether <laughs> you want it
1: to or not. All right. I think the only other of my burning questions was would you go into the shimmer?
0: Um, I think if I had a reason to, yes. So, so what she had reason? she had a reason to you know to try husband. to figure out what had happened to her husband
1: cuz she thought she could fix him.
0: Right. Um I think Jennifer Jason Lee had the reason to of a this is just her project and I think mm-hmm. It certainly makes sense if you have that kind of ownership over it. And if you, and I imagine guilt as well, you know, aside from her cancer diagnosis. She'd and been
1: sending people in there. Whether
0: or not she thought that she would survive it or not, mm. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, she must have been feeling guilt about the fact that she sent people in and nobody's mm. come back out. Um, if I'm looking for something and I don't know what it is I'm looking for, which I think you kind of get from, like, the Tessa Thompson character, for example, um, yeah, I could see myself going in. Do I think that I would... If you asked me today, would I choose to go? I don't, I don't know about that. I'd have to have some kind of reason.
1: If you knew going in, what was going to happen to you?
0: Well, I don't think you can know, can you?
1: Well, okay. Because okay.
0: something different happened to everyone, and we don't even know what happened to everyone.
1: Fair point. Okay. But if you knew that your DNA was going to get refracted.
0: So, oh, uh, first of all, another thing that I feel like should be mentioned So they come to this house and they find the flower people. (laughs) And they're like, let's just sit down and camp here for tonight, even though it's not even dark out. (laughs) And this is the point where Tessa Thompson's like, ah, refraction, Uh, the DNA, it's all being refracted. We're like, we're all like turning into things. And then they still decide to camp. Why would you still decide to camp? Why wouldn't you be like, oh, shit, you're right. One of us just got eaten by a bear monster Mm -hmm. and we're turning into weird shit, and maybe we um, need to keep going. Right, just fucking move! I why know. are you taking all these breaks?
1: I know, and then but then venture. So that because I think there are a couple other things that I find strange, but that's one. And then how they didn't remember the first three to four days, like they mm-hmm. suddenly she comes. Yeah, wakes and there's no, and no like, explanation of that, which is no. interesting. So why did that happen? Is it just an effect of like you're initially your DNA being refracted?
0: Maybe. Maybe none of them are who they were the entire time. So she comes out of it at the end, and you can tell that she is different. Right. Um, But of course, at the end, at the end, you assume that it is in fact her, because Mm -hmm. her duplicate is is killed. But maybe there was a duplicate that was created within those first few days, and this entire time, this entire journey, they're not who they They actually thought they were.
1: And why is it that when the shimmer goes away, which I guess fire kills everything, um, huh. fire fire um, ended the event. Why is it that then Oscar Isaac Isaac's character Kane, is okay? Like, cause he was real sick mm-hmm. and had all this internal bleeding. Cause who fucking knows why? And I mean, then suddenly it's gone and he's okay. That doesn't even make sense.
0: Well, if if, genetically speaking, he was both Cain and the alien. And the alien is tied to the Shimmer. And because of that, the alien is killing the parts of Cain once it leaves the Shimmer because it's slowly dying without the Shimmer. And okay. maybe that's what's that's happening a good, to it. That's
1: a good explanation. And then once
0: the Shimmer dies, the alien, the alien inside of him dies way. as well. And now it's just what's left of Cain. I guess
1: I didn't understand it to be an alien. I just thought it was other matter had refracted within him. And so his internal organs were being weird because all the refraction was happening. And he came out of it... The- and it stopped refracting and it just started being fucked up.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that could be one explanation, but it seemed like what came out of the Shimmer wasn't who was originally Kane, but no. his double. And the double would have been something alien. Yeah. Whether it came from, you know, outer space and it's a, a non-carbon entity or mm-hmm. it's just some sort of energy that, I don't know, came from, who knows where? I mean, we don't know what it is, sure. but
1: Well, and at the end, when they're hugging, so she's she says, are you Kane?" He says, I don't think so. He says, are you Lena? They hug, mm-hmm. and then you can see both of their, their eyes are like, shimmering. Mm-hmm. So, there's alien DNA inside of both of them then?
0: Mm, I mean, that's... Yeah, I guess. That's what I would walk away thinking. Like I said, I walk away feeling like some sort of evolution took place. Uh, some sort of mutation took place within these people and what it will lead to and what it means, I don't know. Something happened with them.
1: Are we all programmed to self-destruct? Yes. Not genetically. I mean, like, psychologically.
0: Well, if we're all programmed to self-destruct genetically and our cells are going to self-destruct and our neurons are cells as well, and our neurons are what create thought and emotions then yes mentally and emotionally i would say that we are all meant to self-destruct at some point as well how it plays out who knows
1: that's fucked up
0: Mm, sorry (laughs) frowny face all right
1: so uh, final thoughts on the movie did you like did you enjoy it at least yeah i mean it was a good
0: watch i was Mm -hmm. interested for sure
1: I'm glad you watched it because you explained some things to me that I I really, again, just liked how it looked and how it felt and how it sounded. So. You you
0: felt like yeah. it was a two-hour-long tool this, video? I, watch, I
1: was watching it again last night and I was like, I still don't really know what the fuck's going on, but I like it. <laughs>
0: so we, I guess I kind of jumped into that. Um, <laughs> just jumped in because I was excited about the things that I was thinking about, but what <laughs> what did you think was going on?
1: Um, well, I was obviously alien at the end, and then I guess I just so all the themes of self destruction and stuff, and the and the Aruburus, I was thinking about that, but I wasn't thinking about it. Maybe as far as you had the autophagy thing. I think I had. like that the cellular. So like the Gila cells. I know the story of Gila, like mm-hmm. I the Henry Like Immortal Life of Henry Lacks I've read. I haven't watched the movie, but um, did they do a movie? Or, I know there's a documentary. Oprah. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, really? It? Maybe it was both. I don't know. The book okay. is really great. Um, and so I was thinking about that and I don't, I mean, I know that those cells are special because they live on, um, and so why are they immortal? And then I that, and then I was thinking about you go into this thing and your DNA is, I was like, didn't question it. oh uh, yeah, DNA is refracting. I get it. Because they were saying things like mutation and duplication and things like that, but I was like, we're talking about it in the sense of how we understand biology, Mm -hmm. but this is different because it's – and you know from the beginning that it's a meteorite because you've seen it land. Um, So it's something from outer space that's making it happen. It's just, is it good or is it bad? And at the very end, when you see them hug, are they good or are they bad? I don't have an answer for that.
0: I think it's so funny that you ask, are they good or are they bad? Because it's just nature. It's just nature if you think about it. So there's no
1: good or bad at all. It's just –
0: that's. Is. I, I think that's exactly right. I don't yeah. think that there is. I think that's what you get in the shimmer too. Like he mm-hmm. even he asks her at one point, um, when she's talking about all the stuff that they're seeing once she's out, and he's he's like, "So it was sounds pretty terrifying" or something mm-hmm. like that. And she was like, "Well, sometimes it was beautiful, yeah, because sometimes life is beautiful and sometimes it's terrifying, <laughs> and sometimes it's great and sometimes it fucking sucks,
1: and I mean, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad." Yeah. I mean, I. Do we have to call And this is a thing That you fight with Like I don't want to At the end of the day Be like It was a bad day Like why can't it just be I had a day mm-hmm. And it was Pluses and minuses Everything is pluses and minuses mm-hmm. And I have to You take the good You take the bad You take both And there you have Like Right it's, So But it is that. Yeah it
0: is uh, it, it It is just Life Plant mm-hmm. people Leah. Plant people
1: can go fuck themselves. Plant
0: people are just life. It's just different kinds of life. It's plant life. It's human life. You mix them together. What do you got? You got
1: plant people. You got uh, ants. That's what you got. You got like baby ants. I challenge everyone to go Google plant people and look at those <laughs> photographs because they will fuck you up. I'm going
0: to I'm going to do it. There's do a it. thing
1: that happens to me when I get really creeped out and it's my cheek will tingle and it gives me so much tingly cheek. Tingly cheek? <laughs> It's like a physical manifestation of my so creeped weird. out feelings. It gives me lots of tingly cheek. Oh, tingly cheek. I'm sure there are other people in the world who have I'm going to name my horror story. Tingly, tingly cheek. cheek. The tingly cheeks. It's a story about somebody who's really into butts.
0: This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we just went like the Bob's Burgers around. This is Ooh, the story Tina. that Tina would write. Tina's
1: story about butts.
0: I mean she wrote about like zombie butts she
1: did not yeah
0: that was she wrote this story about zombies but it was really all about their butts because it was teenage boy zombies (laughs) so you gotta watch more bob's burgers man because you basically like there's a lot of tina there's a lot of tina and me but the only real tina that i feel is when she just lays on the floor and goes uh (laughs)
1: that's what i wanted to do yesterday that afternoon. was what i pictured <laughs> you doing <laughs> what i was picturing myself doing too but then instead after i had my pv and j the fucking amarin guys were here and they're like your power's gonna go out and i was like god damn it and then there was the whole thing and i was like <laughs> i didn't get to have my moment i had to clock back in so
0: yeah like i said you just got to cry in the shower like the rest of us
1: <laughs> my shower's really dirty i don't like to spend a lot of time in there I haven't oh. cleaned it in a while. What? My shower's filthy. I still like to spend all the time in no, the world in there. No, no, you just no. close your eyes. no, there's something growing in the pipes and it's warm <laughs> if it's warm enough, it stinks like sewer something up there when worried. I turn the shower on. So uh you could probably try flushing. That. <laughs> <laughs> I have and there's a pee trap in the laundry It's probably room. your own
0: hair. It's probably a clump probably, of your yeah. hair. I
1: probably need to clean it out, but I just don't want to do it. Being a homeowner is such a pain in the ass. So true. Okay, well, I'm glad you enjoyed watching it. I I enjoyed it. I'll probably watch it again. So. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Uh, A couple of things of note. That book that I was talking about, The Plant People, is a 1977 publication by a gentleman or maybe a lady named Dale Bick Carlson. So, Dale, Bick Carlson, wherever you are, thank you for writing and creating such a terrifying story that kept me awake at night and still gives me the heaps. Um, also, I, I talked about a song called Annihilation by A Perfect Circle. That's actually A Perfect Circle covers Annihilation, um, originally, um, I guess, created and performed by uh, a band called Crucifix. I am not familiar with them, but 1983 punk I think like hardcore punk um anyway uh not my scene but a really cool jam if you're into that kind of stuff and I really like the APC cover so because uh, I'm basic so anyway um we hope you enjoyed that episode I had a good time with Lindsay on that one Dr. Lindsay Schaefer rears her ugly head again and lectures us on the cellular process of autophagy um so yeah next week i believe we have for you little shop of horrors so the horrors continue in the month of october um and that was a that's a fun one if you haven't seen it you should check it out it is i believe streaming on hbo hbo max uh so anywhere wherever you're listening we would love it if you would please uh subscribe and on apple podcast if you would rate us and write us a review we'd love you forever And I think that's all I have to say. You can find us on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod. Again, sometimes there are tweets. Sometimes there aren't. Maybe we need an Instagram. Maybe we need a TikTok. I don't know. What do you think? TikTok? Is it time for TikTok? I don't know. It's always time for TikTok. TikTok's great. Uh, So wherever you are, I'm sure you're probably watching TikTok or YouTube or getting mad about something. Uh, I hope you're wearing your mask and staying safe, and we'll see you next time. One last thing, the music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers.